0: because there truly is hope, in spite of what depression tells you. Hi, Terry. Hello, Anita. With the recent change in the Suicide Prevention Lifeline number in the U.S., from an 800 number to a three-digit number, 988, the subject of suicide has been in the news a lot, as is often the case with the subject, which we are going to be talking about in this episode, there is usually the stated or implied assumption that someone thinking about suicide is suicidal, that the very thought of wanting your life or its pain to end means immediate emergency steps need to be taken to save your life. And that's not always the case.
1: Suicidal thoughts or ideations are actually on a scale, with one end being the thought, but with no intention of carrying out an act that would end your life, all the way to the fatal end of the spectrum, as well as a number of levels in between. With this
0: episode, we will link to the Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale, or the CSSRS, which is considered the most evidence-supported tool of its kind. It's a series of six questions to determine immediate risk that include, In the past month, have you wished you were dead Or wished you could go to sleep and not wake up.
1: Have you actually had any thoughts about killing yourself?
0: Have you been thinking about how you might do this?
1: Have you had these thoughts and had some intention of acting on them?
0: Have you started to work out or have you worked out the details of how to kill yourself? Do you intend to carry
1: out this plan? And the last question, have you done anything, started to do anything, Or prepared to do anything to end your life. You can see that the questions are designed to distinguish between thoughts of ending your life and actual intentions and plans. That's what we mean by suicide thoughts being on a scale or a spectrum. The American Psychological Association and other sources note that most instances of suicidal ideation do not progress to suicide attempts. Today's guest Wally really wants people to understand that because he wants to be able to start and have public online discussions about suicide without being reported or having people react in ways that worsen his mental health. Because for Wally, suicidal thoughts are a daily occurrence, and Wally's far from the only one. Here now is Wally giving his voice to depression. Wally
0: is a bald-headed, bushy-bearded U.S. veteran with a traumatic life story and a huge heart.
2: You can't you can't even say the S-word um, without people freaking out. So I get the panic. I totally get it. I just, I've learned to ask questions and start panicking.
0: And Wally says that's one of the reasons that people who think about suicide often keep that fact a secret.
2: And I'm like, I'm sorry, but suicide is a thing and things can be talked about. Um, You know, when we attach the stigma of shame and guilt to these uh, words, then, you know, we send a lot of conversations into the closet. Uh, You know, I don't like how we force conversations into the dark um, because we're afraid of a word or because we've stigmatized that word. And I might feel strongly about that.
0: Before we shift it from the topic of suicidal thoughts in general to Wally's own, as well as other personal details of their life and mental health journey, we told Wally what we tell all our guests. The episode is yours, and the process of making it should feel more like a conversation between two people who believe in the power of shared stories than a grueling interview. Oh, also, I just want to say, which I should have said at the beginning, Even those of us who talk about this stuff and ourselves regularly doesn't mean at any given moment in any given day you feel like it. So if I ask anything and you don't want to answer, just say, I don't want to answer that. And if there's anything you think is important for our listening audience to hear, and I don't prompt it, say, hey, this is important. You know, this is your story.
2: We don't talk about this in open terms, you know. Um, it's almost not possible to say, you know, I'm having suicide ideation and not have three or more people jump in, um, trying to save you, you know, well, I'm not in a position where I need to be saved. I'm in a position where I'd rather talk about anything but that because I'm managing it and I want to have a life too. So, um, and that's kind of where I am with it on my wall, on my feed, on uh, Twitter. Um, it's like, come talk about it. Come talk about every part of it.
0: Pretty much every part of Wally's personal story involves pain. They say they regularly live at about a 7 out of 10 on the pain scale. Though lately, it's been closer to an 8. And it all started in childhood.
2: Uh, It's so hard to raise good parents. You know, I, I loved them, and I can't say that I wasted that love or anything, but it's like... Nothing good ever came from it. <laughs> Not one thing, you know. I did grow up, and I left at 16, you know, with broken ribs and broken jaw and a bleeding liver and uh, mm. parents. <laughs> I'm like, ah, parents. Wow. I, I don't know what else to say, you know.
0: No, 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 there's nothing else to say. Wally says as soon as they turned 18, they joined the Coast Guard, where they were well-decorated and well-respected.
2: And honestly, the Coast Guard was the best thing for me. You know, it it showed me how to do hierarchies of planning, um, how to plan to come back, how to plan to be safe, uh, how to do maintenance and how to check your tools and how to be accountable and how to have integrity. Um, And, you know, along the way, I had several people teach me some very hard lessons. Um, I made some massive mistakes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I learned some very hard lessons. And every time, you know, because I just bounce back and start performing again, like I'm like, well, this is what I do, you know.
0: During that service, Wally fell 45 feet from a cliff, sustaining more serious and lasting injuries.
2: Like I say, you know, I basically broke every bone on my body from my skull to my right knee, piledried my right wrist and forearm. Um, I spent two years in the hospital. You know, that's one of those things, you know... Um, changes everything you know within a few months it was had become chronic and i had to accept some things and i'm pretty hard headed and i can't accept the unacceptable sometimes it takes me years
0: Wally's hard head has also been seriously injured
2: uh, so i've got three uh three traumatic brain injuries i've got 15 documented concussions and um i was on clonazepam a heavy heavy dose for 11 years and i had some brain shrinkage and damage Um, and it's just a lot to come back from, um, my brain doesn't always do what I think it should, what I want it to. And I can remember how I used to be. And that's a very sore subject. Um, you know, that's where a lot of my toxic self talk comes from. Oh, this used to be so easy. Uh, and then I can just beat up on myself in a death spiral. It's beautiful. It's flawless. (sighs) Thank God for mindfulness, but it can take a half an hour to fire up on those because those are potent. Those are true.
0: And when the pain and those thoughts are chronic, as they are for Wally, they can understandably breed a sense of hopelessness.
2: Yeah, the suicide word. I mean, I I wake up in the morning into what I call my pain body and I'm just completely inundated. It's like, oh, this is the rest of my life and there it hits me right there every freaking morning and uh so i you know i have an hour that takes me just to get my shit together in the morning after i wake up i have a routine and a ritual and you know i just mindfully dismiss everything and dream things trauma you know from childhood uh, you know all those wrong emotions that are still hanging around in your heart and your head and stuff it's like no you gotta go you're not real i test it's like is this from yesterday did i feel this is What's this about, you know? And so every day I'm like, this is the rest of my life. I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. Sorry. It's okay, don't um, bleep it. I-, I was a sailor. <laughs> um, so it's real that smoke. they swear like a sailor is
0: a real thing, huh? Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. Wally posts about that reality, the chronic pain, not the swearing, on their Twitter feed, deliberately provoking uncomfortable conversations. Wally writes quote, "There is a distinct difference between suicide ideation and suicide planning. I ideate nearly every day. The pain's that bad I'm not suicidal at that point. Don't try to save me when I'm talking about ideation. Ideation is normal for me. I manage it. Close quote Wally manages it consciously and daily. They use what they've learned works." and keep trying to develop more tools.
2: So for the last 16 some odd years, I had this guy who was a mentor and he taught me about tools and sent me to CBT classes. It's meant three times to learn CBT, three times to learn DBT. I'm I'm a little slow. Uh, Mindfulness, I've been just practicing it forever. I can bring my heart rate from like 200 on a um, bad anxiety attack down to 60 now in about 20 minutes, just with my breathing. you know, and I have heart fluctuation problems and I, I have thermoregulation problems from brain damage. And, and I just, I'm literally just breathing my way through my life right now. And that's.
0: Wally also personalized materials they found on AA sites and made their own mental health inventory tool.
2: I call it a check-in and an inventory um, because it just sees where I am. And if I'm sticking to my goals, where my integrity is, am I backsliding in any direction? What do I like about myself? What don't I like about myself? Um, uh, what do I think my greatest strength is right now? And what do I think my greatest weakness is right now? You know, And you just go through this big inventory and say, you know, where am I right now?
0: You take your mental health management very seriously.
2: Oh, my God. I, I am... I'm a, I'm a bit of a monster without management.
0: Wally is very aware that there are times their normal tools just don't do the job. Wally does not leave those times to chance. As a Coast Guard, they had people's lives in their hand. Wally's aware their own life is also there. And they keep a close eye on whether their suicidal thoughts are moving in a potentially dangerous direction. Wally's personal assessment scale has three levels.
2: First one is just flirting with the idea of ideation. It's like, I don't want to live today. You don't really go much past that, and you don't have to dismiss anything. It's just a feeling, and then you let it go. And then there's ideation for me. Um, that's where you get the onslaught. Every, you know, Everything in my life is uh, crap. There's projects. I'm never going to catch up. I might as well just be dead. Um, If I was dead, everything would be better. They would probably bring somebody in to help. Well, none of that is real. It hasn't happened yet. And uh, honestly, from my mindful standpoint, it's like, who are you? You know, this is not the Wookiee that I know and love. You know, what wounded part of me just said all of that? Well, it's the part of me that's stuck looking at the future going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is my life. Oh, my God.
0: And if the slide continues, Wally takes life-saving action.
2: Um. And I've activated it numerous times. Um, if, if I'm worried, you know, if if managing my um, suicide ideation becomes what I call a full time job, um, I activate my plan. Um, I can manage. I can manage a lot of stuff mindfully, but um, once you get to a certain point with that, then it's just too much.
0: Wally wrote a short poem about how to have conversations with someone who seems to have reached that certain point. In just 15 words, he teaches more than some of the classes and seminars on the topic. Wally writes, quote, unsolicited help is not help. It's an assumption inhabiting a spot better filled with questions. Quote. We asked Wally specifically which questions... He uses and recommends.
2: When somebody says I'm having suicidal thoughts, I ask them what kind of suicidal thoughts. Okay. Um, and I don't give them an out on that one. There's no marrying or anything. I, say, what kind of suicidal thoughts are you having? You know, are you? And then if they don't answer, I said, "Well, are you planning or are you just thinking about it?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because that decision tree is pretty easy and pretty obvious. Um, and if they're just thinking about it, and I say, "Well, do you have friends in your life you can check in with you and talk to? You know, um, do you have a, an emergency plan? I mean, if, if this gets worse, do you have some some way of dealing with this?" And so that's the conversation I take on the ideation side. Okay. And if they're suicidal, then I say, "You know, uh, do you want to get some help on this? Because there's nothing I, I can't help you with this. Um, you know, online I cannot I can't do it. I'll melt down."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I say, you know, I've got friends. I've got some friends I trust. Do you have friends you trust? Let's find somebody to help give you an ear and, and sort things out. Um, and then I, I have to hand it off. And that's my great sorrow, but I have to, you know, I have boundaries. I can't do this. I can't do everything.
0: What Wally can and does do is willingly sit with people in the often avoided dark, having hard conversations Exploring life-preserving options with strangers and friends alike. And most importantly, caring.
2: There are so many people who have lost somebody dear to them, you know, family or friend. And um, they're out there and they're fighting the fight every day. And I respect them. Um, I love that. <sighs> I hurt for them. Um, and they're serious about it. And they care. They, they truly care. Um, and there's just, you know, there's just no practice on how to talk about these things.
1: Wow, Terry, that was pretty amazing. Um. And I have to say that I just love that Wally is is trying to get us back into a state of balance about suicide prevention, because I think um, in trying to make sure that people take suicide seriously, we might have kind of overshot it a bit, and, and now people sometimes have a knee-jerk reaction to the S-word. Mm-hmm. Because of that, sometimes,
0: probably often, people may hesitate to share that they're having suicidal thoughts because they're afraid they're going to be largely involuntarily hospitalized.
1: Right. I think there's a time and a place for hospitalization, but not just because somebody is having suicidal ideation. Um, As Wally, you know, illustrated, it's normal to have suicidal thoughts in certain situations. And, you know, chronic emotional and chronic physical pain are certainly two of those kinds of instances. And, you know, just having thoughts and ideation does not mean that a person is actively suicidal or needs to be immediately um, hospitalized or involved voluntarily hospitalized. So I would love for therapists and doctors and friends and loved ones um, to make it safer. Make it safer for the person to be able to share what they're thinking about. And I think then getting them access to whatever level of help That they need, whether it's you know a crisis hotline nine eight eight or speaking with a therapist or a doctor or perhaps even you know going to the emergency room or to a hospital, whatever is appropriate. Then you have a person who has felt heard, understood, and hopefully sees the need for whatever level of care they might need. Then excellent,
0: thank you. We will be linking with this episode, as we said, to that CSSRS as well as to some of Wally's blog posts. And one is the one that we just quoted from on how to talk to somebody about suicide. And he's also sharing a blank template like the one he uses to create a personal inventory that can help you sort of get a a better read on where you are and what you might need to come back to something approaching center that feels safe. Thank you, Anita, as always. And thank you, Wally, for just being so articulate and and free with your experiences and for trying so hard to help other people.
1: It's just phenomenal, Terry. I'm so glad that Wally was willing to, to speak honestly. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode
0: has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen.